0: Sports Saturday.
1: It's complete. And another touchdown!
0: Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He yes! got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte, on Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Big night ahead for BYU basketball. They're down in Lubbock. Texas Tech and BYU pregame coming your way right at the end of Cougar Sports Saturday, tip off 4 p.m. But that's not the only sport in the world of BYU that's had uh, newsy items recently. BYU football, the staff is complete. Uh, they've officially. Titled, some strength and conditioning people, there's there's support staff as well. Let's start with the final on-field assistant coach, Kevin Gilbride. That was announced, uh, I mean, it, it was a previous week, but we haven't had a chance to get to it because we had a condensed show last week. 20-year coaching vet, a lot of that time spent in the NFL, coming back to BYU Thoughts on the hire of Kevin Gilbride, the new tight end coach for BYU football, Mitch?
1: I like the hire. I have have some questions whenever you're talking about a guy that's pretty much sunk his teeth in only the NFL. You then have questions about recruiting because in the NFL, it's all just ball. It's all about X's and L's. And I do like that aspect of Kevin Gilbride, but I have questions on the recruiting side. And I think those are fair to have because when you're talking about coaches that uh, only work in the NFL that just recruiting is not a thing. And Steve Clark, that was his strength. And the position that is landing the most, you could say, you know, blue chip prospects is at tight end. Reiner Swanson gonna compete com- compete in the Polynesian Bowl tonight. Jackson Bowers turned down Bama when they had Nick Saban. They, you know, Jackson Bowers is a heralded guy with a bright future. So that's been a position where they're getting high level guys. And maybe just the position at large. There's a lot of uh, LDS tight ends that it naturally sells itself and it doesn't matter who's in that role. But that that's one of the questions I have. But I do think Gilbride can provide a lot in you know devising a, a game plan and helping and assisting Aaron Roderick when you're in that war room looking at how to strategize against an opposing defense. I think he brings some valuable insight there. So I'm okay with it. I think it's fine, but I just have some questions on what his approach is going to be on the recruiting trail.
0: I really like that he doesn't come from the University of Utah. And I, I don't want to disparage previous hires, but a lot of them have come from connections made with Kalani at Utah. I like that this is an outside-the-box hire from that regard. It's a it's a different mindset. He's going to have a different perspective. He's not, uh, you know, it's not like he was – at BYU with Bronco and then left for a couple years and came back. And look, that's no disrespect to uh, a Kelly Papinga or someone like that because I love Kelly Papinga. And I think he's a fantastic defensive coach. I just feel like it's always a good thing to emulate the teams that are doing it the best. And you look at the Alabamas who are without Nick Saban now, which was kind of shocking earlier in the week. But you look at the Alabamas, you look at the Georgias, they're just hiring guys. It's not like, oh, there's this connection back to Kirby Smart. They're looking for the best people available. And I I just think it's always a good thing in any line of work, whether it's coaching, whether it's finance, whether it's radio, to have a diversity of opinions and backgrounds. And that's what I like about McBride is he had that long stint with the New York Giants. A little concerning that after the Giants... Regime that he bounced around to the Bears and then the Panthers and then last year he was an offensive analyst at Charlotte, but that could also just speak to the volatility of coaching and that's right. just that could that, that might mean nothing in terms of how good of a coach that Kevin Gilbride could be. I just I, I really like that. It, it just feels like a little outside the box from what we've seen in the past couple years from some of these coaching hires.
1: And Gilbride did play with Kalani Satake and Aaron Roderick. He was a former BYU quarterback. And uh, in 1998, he was in that quarterback unit that had Kevin Federick, Drew Miller. Uh, you know, So he was there for a season. And I remember hearing stories about him. When, because his dad, I believe, was the coach, the head coach of the San Diego Chargers at the time, so there was some, you know, like stories, just anecdotes about how the son of uh, uh, an NFL head coach is in BYU's quarterback unit. I mean, that was just kind of the prestige of the BYU quarterback position back then. Was that you would have. You know the NFL world would kind of converge on and study BYU, and there was just this utmost respect for that position. It's like I want my son to be coached by Lavelle, Uh, but you know Gilbride does come from BYU. He did transfer later in his career, but doesn't it feel
0: different having the playing connection to BYU feels different than coaching together at Utah? Yeah, no, I
1: I agree, and I think that. But there there is that connection. I think far too often, I think people get hung up on. You know, Kalani only goes to his friends. Well, honestly, that's just kind of what this world is in college football. If you're not gonna have an endless budget to go to, like you're gonna go to the people you trust. Yeah. Because they will go to uh, you know, like they, they will work with someone that they, they know and trust as well because is not going to be this endless spender. I mean, like Kalen DeBoer at Alabama, he's going down and getting a South Alabama head coach to be now a coordinator. And they've never worked before, but they've, you know, cross paths and coaches conventions and whatnot. So I, I just I, – I, I'm always – I'm okay with the hires that they've made this, this far. And, you know, honestly, the more insight I get into T.J. Woods – I'm a little bit more bullish on him than I initially thought, uh, because I think he's going to be an absolute motivator uh, to for this offensive line to where from from the, like the mental side and just pushing them to the max. I think he'll get a lot out of them. But yeah, I mean that it is there is that that tie of they coach the Utah or they coach the Utah State that can get a little bit tiresome, and I agree with that. Uh, so I do like that this is a kind of a clean slate, a guy that's going to bring a completely different view than simply what Witt did, what Gary Anderson did. Like, he's going to say, this is what Tom Coughlin did, and that's kind of cool. Yeah,
0: it's it's really cool, and I think it's, it's good. The, the question will be, can he duplicate some of the success he had between 2014 and 2017 as the tight end coach with the Giants? Yep. I think, you know, he had success with Evan Ingram in his rookie year, having a big year in New York. So, at the end of the day, it sounds – Nice now, the resume on paper, but what is going to matter for him and, and everyone, especially your second year in the Big 12, wins.
1: and I'm Can kinda, you produce? And I'm kind of curious to see what this tight end position becomes, you know, because you bring in Keanu Hill from the wide receiver spot – Ethan Erickson's a guy that's been bouncing around for a while, but haven't seen much from him. He's going into his junior year. You know, the veterans in the group, as far as their their upperclassmen, Ray Paulo, Mason Fakahua, Mata Ave Taase, like no one's looking at those guys as the star. So it's like, are you going to bring along Jackson Bowers, Bentley Redden, I think is going to be a good one, Anthony Olsen, Reiner Swanson this year before he goes on a mission. You also bring in Noah Mowiaki, too, off a mission. Like, you've got the young pieces. Can you get them to a point where they are contributing at a high level in the Big 12? Because I do think, along with running backs, I feel like this league produces good tight ends, and it was just, you know, Isaac Rex was solid, but there was nothing after him last year. I mean, what, Tyler Batty was number two in receiving yards for the tight end spot, and he's a defensive end, so... And it came uh, on a trick play. On the last play of the game... In uh, when you're just straight dealing in that first half and everything's going your way in Stillwater. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious to see what he does. And, you know, Nason Coleman's another guy that I'm curious about how he develops. But it, it's kind of the young group is what I'm looking at to see what they become paired up with Keanu Hill as well.
0: I feel like this is going to be very interesting and telling about Jackson Bowers because last year – we just kept waiting and waiting and waiting for him to get more playing time, and he just was never ready. And that's fine. Not every true freshman is just going to show up and go Austin Collie. Yeah. it's That's an unfair expectation to say a four-star freshman is going to come in and rip it because in the case of Bowers, he didn't grow up in Utah, so th- there's that component. He, can, you know, he didn't get the spring practice period as well, so – but now that he's had a full year in the program, spring ball is going to be really interesting with the tight end position group. Does he make a jump akin to Isaac Rex before the pandemic where we, we knew that Matt Bushman was still there? But even in spring, you felt like, whoa, this yeah. dude is coming on. Is that going to be Jackson Bowers or is it going to be one of those other names that you brought up? Because someone has got to flash in spring football. You just can't have another la- year like la- like you had last year at the tight end position where you had one guy and then everyone else was personnel package-based. That's that's not good for offensive production to be running in the blocking tight ends, running in the pass-catching tight ends. You can't have that. You have to have three down tight ends, and I'm hoping Bowers and a few others can develop and turn into that.
1: Taking a break. On the other side, we'll get to some of the – coaching carousel that impacts the Big 12. We'll also get you updated on some of the additional staff changes that BYU football announced this week. This is Cougar Sports Saturday, and it's powered by KSL Sports.